The Ponder Podcast exists to encourage the soul-nourishing practice of pondering the Bible with friends. Welcome back, friend. I have another special guest dear to my heart who's been on the show before. Can you guess who it is? Adam Harden, my husband, a.k.a. my music man, a.k.a. my beloved answer to prayer. Today, we will be pondering Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, a passage that we know is hard for many these days. I want to say up front that we love this passage. We read it as wise instruction from a loving God who knows exactly what we need to have a healthy marriage and to glorify Him. But I also want to note that today's episode is less about marriage as it is about our relationship with Jesus Christ. I truly believe that everyone who listens will be blessed. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Ponder Podcast, babe. It's good to be here. Yeah, so you've been on the show before, but for any of our listeners who did not hear that episode, can you just tell us a bit about yourself, what you're up to these days? My name is Adam, and I am a music teacher. I've been teaching music for 12 years now, and I also write music, and I'm a dad and a husband, and it's pretty much all I have time for. (laughs) So today, well, first of all, I just want to thank you again for all your help with the Ponder Podcast. I kind of feel like it's your podcast too, because you spend, you devote so much time to helping with the sound and audio and all that. Yeah, I feel that way. I mean, I don't do any content, but definitely put a lot of love into the sound. Mm. Speaking of sound... <laughs> Our dog is in the room with me, Coco, and so you all may hear her chewing on her stick. We'll see. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Giving you some more work to do, babe. All right, so we are going to ponder Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. I could think of no one else I'd want to ponder this passage with (laughs) than you. Um, Would you mind reading the passage, and then I'll pray for us. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, and that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers 
to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for your word and for just the truth and the nourishment that we get from your word and the wisdom that we get. Lord, a lot of this we would not have come up with ourselves, yet it is good for us. And so I just pray that um, you would be in this conversation, that you would um, stir up, stir us up for good works as a result of this conversation, Lord. And uh, I just pray that you'd bless everyone who hears um, to love you more and to uh, follow you, Lord, as a result of this time pondering. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what stood out to you? All right. So the verse that stood out to me was verse 28. Um, In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. And um, I think the reason that was standing out, because when I went through this, there were several things that stood out, and I kind of went, over it a few times to kind of try to get to the bottom of my thinking. So I think this stood out to me because usually when I go to this passage, what I'm expecting to get from it is that in the same way that Jesus loves the church and gave himself for her for the purpose of her sanctification, so husbands lay down their lives for their wives and that there's a purpose in it, which is part of God's sanctification, that we have a focus on how the Lord is at work in your life and, you know, that we give up of ourselves and, and we are sort of, you know, part of, part of his work in sanctifying you. When I read it this time, it really stood out to me that there was a compare. the comparison was kind of flipped from what I usually expect which is that we understand what it's like for a husband to cherish his um, wife. And if a husband doesn't, then they do know what it's like to care for their own body. And so he's saying in the same way you care for your own body, that's how you should care for your wife. And then that is how Christ cares for the church. And so what was striking me is that when Jesus died for us, and as He continues to care for us and nourish us with the Word, that's like a husband's nourishing, cherishing love for his wife. So I wrote down that He's pointing out how Jesus loved the church, and He says that He gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify her, cleansed her with the washing of the Word, to present her to Himself without spot or wrinkle or blemish. So the way that Christ is loving us is this process of sanctification. And what is striking me is that um, in the same way that a husband loves for and cares for his wife, nourishes her just physically, just the, the gentleness and the love and the care and wanting to make sure his wife is cared for and protected, what that looks like for Christ towards us is his sanctification. Mm. So for Christ to nourish us is to sanctify us, for him to cherish us is to sanctify us, for him to love us is to sanctify us. And so seeing it not as just a, a war or a battle, although it is a war and a battle, but also seeing that even the process of taking off the old and putting on the new is a process of love from Christ towards us. That's mm. showing his love for us, that he would lead us in that way. That's so good, because in the last passage, uh, Heather and I were talking about how this chapter can 
you know, can be hard because it can just like all these rules that we need to follow and it can lead to some legalistic type thinking depending on the personality. And we talked about how obedience is worship. I just love the layer that you're bringing to it that as we walk in these things, the Lord is loving us as he's giving us what we need to even walk in these things, his grace, his word, um, his spirit. And it made me also think about a friend of ours shared once about how she had been working in her parents' garage and it was so dirty and there was just all this like grime on her afterwards. And she, she remember how good it felt to shower and just get it off of her. And when she was doing that, she got this picture of what it's like to be cleansed of sin. And when we walk in repentance when we submit to his process of sanctification it can be just as refreshing when we finally let go of that thing that is really actually doing harm to us spiritually and sometimes even uh, physically or mentally so just seeing that loving picture of Christ loving his body the church by actually cleansing her and healing her and um, making her whole, making her holy. That's really a beautiful picture of the process um, and what Paul is talking about here. Yeah, I love that. I think just knowing you and just kind of your personality and how, you know, how sometimes it can be hard to maybe ask for help or receive help. Like, is that why this hits you so because just seeing like this is how Christ loves you, the way that you cherish and nourish me, the way you care for your body. I'm also thinking of like, say I my back is hurting because I need shoes or like I can't sleep while I'm waking up with achy, with achy neck and shoulders and how like you, I think you're going to be like, oh man, Laura's. Laura has another need and like you're so quick to be like, no, we need to get you that pillow. We need to get you shoes that support your body and just how loved I feel to know that that is important to you. And so then just hearing you say that like the same way that you would want to nourish and help me, Christ loves the body, Christ loves you and that's sanctification. I just wonder how that hits you personally. Yeah, this kind of goes into application, I think, why it stands out to me. It helps me to submit more. It's not just legalism or it's not just, you know, religion, but it's a person who knows Mm -hmm. better than I do and loves me and cares for me. Yes. And especially because, you know, Christ went to the cross and he said, Mm -hmm. if anyone wants to be my disciple, he will take up his cross and follow me. So like I wrote a song once where the lyrics were... If you're following Jesus, you're following with a cross. And mm-hmm. so to go in that direction means that there is an unveiling of suffering in a way. And I don't mean that, I don't mean to paint that in a dark picture, but more just a, a reality that to follow Christ does mean that as you continue to follow, like there is going to be difficult places that he leads you towards. And the closer you're following him, you I think we can expect there to be more of those challenges. And even as we know, like Mm -hmm. the more we're thriving in Christ, the more we can find ourselves Mm -hmm. under attack from the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so to not fear that direction and not to be afraid of where he might lead you, kind of like John 
Jesus says to him, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you're older, someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. Um, and so it's like to have the courage to follow him, it helps me to remember that he is our husband. He is caring for us. He is nourishing us and cherishing us as he sanctifies us. And it is easy for me to think of it on an individual scale, but really it is the church. So it's not just me, but it's mm -hmm. us and what he's doing mm -hmm. with all of us. Um, mm -hmm. It's is is his love for us. So. This is a great segue into what stood out to me, because I think what you're getting at is because of who he is, because he is reliable and worthy, trustworthy, you can submit to him. You know that anything he's doing is for your good, is for your sanctification, is for your healing. And so you can do it, even if it's scary, you know? And I think of that, like what stood out to me in this passage was Ephesians 5, 22, and really through 24, where it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even Christ is even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. I think this could be a very scary passage for many of us women, because it's one thing to talk about submitting to Christ, because we know Christ is perfect. But I love that you brought out that even submission to Christ can be scary. There's a reason why, even as you read this, you're convicted because you're like, oh man, I don't even submit to Christ and everything. <laughs> because it can be it can be scary. And so I think for me, as I grow in submitting to Him, I'm learning that there's a relationship between my relationship with Him and how I'm doing at submitting to Him and walking with Him and how I'm doing with submitting to you. But yeah, it, it stood out to me. Uh, I looked up what submit means, and it, in a sense, it meant to rank yourself below a person as to heed or obey them. So we can't get away from the fact that this is a hard truth. But then when you hear like the way you were talking about it, it's also very um, beautiful. And even though you know, you are definitely not Christ. You're not right. perfect, but there is a similarity between the relationship between a wife and their husband and the church in Christ. Like no one can replace the husband in the marriage and no one can replace Christ. So I thought that was interesting because it said submit to your own husbands. So it's not saying like, you know, just like with, you know, children obey your parents and you're like, well, son, why didn't you do what I told you to do outside? And it's like, well, his mom said that I could. Well, it's like, well, well, what did your mom mm -hmm. say? You know, submit to your own husband and we submit to the one true living God, no other uh, perceived uh, God. So that really stood out to me. And I was thinking about the fact that this is important because the role of husband is something that has been given, just like being a parent, and it's important to him. And I think it's just healthy for me to like take time to ponder, for lack of a better word, that reality. Because I think when I start to act more independently from you, it's because I know I should submit, but I haven't really thought about not just what it means, but the significance of it and why it's important to God. So I even was thinking about like, when I think about, oh, well, really, we're just submitting to one another. I'm like, well, no, like, 
Paul says that, but Paul also gets very specific, talking to married couples, talking to parents, talking to masters and their their servants. So he's being specific, and then he's also saying, okay, church, in all the ways that you're called to submit to one another, do that. I don't know. It was just helpful because I think I need that reminder that this isn't optional. Yes, we're partners. Yes, we're a team, but there is a way in which I honor and show the beauty of Christ by submitting to you. But going back to what you were saying, and you used to say this as we, because I remember when we first got married, people would ask me, like, Laura, how is the submitting part? Like, it's one thing to know it when you're single, but it's another thing to have a friend get married or you get married and be like, okay, so what does this actually look like? And I remember us talking about it, and maybe you can (laughs) remember, but the main thing I took from that was it is easier to submit to someone you trust. You may not always agree with the direction they're going. I'm talking about a biblical direction. Obviously, if someone's in sin, we're not submitting to that. But you may not always agree. Um, You may not always like it. You may not always like being so interdependent. I know I struggle with that. But it's so much easier to submit to someone who you respect and someone that you trust. And like I came into this marriage wanting to submit to you. Um, and that's just something I'm not perfect at, but that I'm I'm working on. And so I think that helps you out, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that conversation? I mean, you put it so well um, about, it was, I think it was something you had learned from someone else about being the kind of husband that a woman would want to submit to? Does that sound familiar? Oh, definitely. I don't remember as one in particular conversation, but, you know, I grew up basically with this verse cut out of the Bible. <laughs> um, not necessarily from my family or anything, but just um, culturally, you know, this verse was skipped <laughs> a lot of times. And so there was a point in my life where I really wrestled with it because I was like, I believe that the, that the Bible is true. But there's this verse, and then there's a few other verses that seem to me to go in so direct contradiction to what culturally I've defined as good. Then I had to have, you know, my good friend Chris kind of stood in the in the gap for me and was like, look, bro, you got to seek the Lord, talk to some people, but, you know, you can't just let those doubts take over. And then there were some pastors at a church I was going to that were very helpful and, um, the big old book that I'll just say there's a book I read <laughs> that was helpful. I didn't read the whole thing, but I read some articles. But the biggest thing that helped me was just seeing it lived out in front of me. There was a church I was going to where there's just so many older married couples, not like old, old, but maybe as old as we are now and maybe plus 10 years or so that had just been living this type of marriage out for so many years. And there was just beauty to it because you knew that there was not Nobody was being subjugated. Nobody was being demeaned. It was love. You know, the husbands loved their wives and the wives loved their husbands. And that love from the husband expressed itself in eagerly wanting to lead their wives and their families in the best way possible. And the love from the wives was eagerly wanting to follow that leadership. And, you know, that's that's a picture-perfect you know, kind of for me to just say it that way. I know that that's not, life is not like that. (laughs) When you get down to the nitty gritty, there's always going to be struggles and there's going to be ups and downs. But just being in that church for, I think I was in that church for four years, 
I saw just a lot of beauty and a lot of health in the way that those marriages were lived out. And so that gave me a picture that I hadn't had before of how when the person who has been given authority by God to lead is a good leader, then the people desire to give their authority to them. I started to understand authority in a different way rather than authority being something that is craftily taken or something that is won by war or something that is voted in by election and then you're bitter for four years until you can get it away. Like that authority was something that God has invested in his creation and we share different parts of his authority at different times and different roles. But in the end, it's something that we have to live up to because it comes from God. It's not something that we just have by nature of being mm -hmm. people, but it's something that by nature mm -hmm. of God giving it to us. And so we have to live up to it in a way by trying to be as much like God as we can. And the great thing is that we mm -hmm. see in Christ the picture of what true authority is because he didn't mm -hmm. come and subjugate anybody. He came and laid down his own life for the sake of mm -hmm. his people and his bride. And he said, I don't call you my servants. I call you my friends because a servant doesn't know what mm -hmm. his master is doing, but you're my friends. And then he goes even further later to draw these images, you know, here of us being his bride. And so that's the kind of leader that God is, that the God of the universe is. And then when Christ shows us in that picture, all of a sudden, all the pieces fall into place. And you're like, yeah, because, you know, he makes his sun to shine on the evil and the good. He gives rain mm -hmm. to those who seemingly deserve it and those who seemingly don't. And he gives breath to all people and sustains all life and is patient through histories of injustice and immorality. And even after he destroyed the earth and the flood, and he said, the heart of man is bent on evil continually. Uh, his result is, therefore, I'm not going to destroy the world again with another flood. But hanging his bow in the clouds, you know, gives the picture that what he's going to have to do is give himself for his creation that, that he might save them. So it's just like to see the beauty of Christ in the way that he exhibits the, the true authority. You know, it's a, hall, it's a high calling for men. It's high calling for husbands, mm -hmm. I should say, um, towards their wives, that that should be the way that we that we love and cherish and care for our wives. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking about is that God has given you to me as you as a husband, you have a role, you have an authority. And I'm learning that the way that we relate with authority, whether it's in marriage, whether it's at work, government, any authority, like it really does have something to say about how we're relating with the Lord, which is why I think it's so important that we don't overlook this passage as why because I can see like when I am resisting your authority like usually there is something deeper going on and it's not even like your authority and like you've said something to me you've laid down the law or something and I'm resisting it's just this perceived like I don't know what Adam's going to think about this so I'm just going to kind of do my own thing and it's like well I'm if I'm doing that there's no way I can do that and be in the right place with the Lord. <laughs> so now I'm like kind of backing myself into this dark corner until I'm convicted or you call me out on it or whatever, or something comes up. So it's just was really convicting even now, just reading this again and being like, yes, like this is from the Lord. And 
Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of segue to application. I'll start with myself just because we're already here. And so I was thinking about ways where, because it doesn't, I think it often does feel more like that friendship. Like you said, Jesus, he said, I call you friends. I think most of the time I'm not just like, oh, here is the the authority. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that, like functionally we're best friends, you know, we're together. But there are times when I I need to have a certain mindset in this relationship. So if you say, you know, I need help with this, like I really need you to handle like planning our food and groceries and that you're willing to help with this stuff, this is what you really need from me. It's really important for me to know that. You know what I mean? And not just think, oh, that was just a nice idea. Or um, I was trying to think of other specifics. And then I remembered one that recently we were talking about our mornings and how we were struggling (laughs) to get up. And you said that we wanted us to just get up together for me to not lay there and be like, Adam, Adam, get up. And I'm just relying on you. But also for you to not just be like, Laura, you get up and you rely on me. But she wanted us to both commit to just getting up. And I have not been doing that. Like I have definitely retreated back to just being like, nope, I'm going to blame Adam (laughs) for my not getting up. not getting up on time. And I know it sounds like a small thing, but like I said, these things can be little pointers to what's going on. It's so easy in marriage to blame the other person. Um, So I was just convicted of like, this is a small way that I can practice submission is this was good when we, when I was doing this and yielding to how you kind of set up our mornings, like it was so good for us, you know? So I'm not going to get into all the ins and outs (laughs) of my, my thinking and stuff, but I was just really convicted of that and also just seeing when I do that I'm also saying something to God because if I'm not getting up that usually means I'm not getting that time in the word that I would like to get or uh, that time in prayer so like it all like goes together I guess I'll say my last thought is that submission when we think of it the way you've been talking about it really is beautiful it honors God and it's a way for me to practice like not living for myself and what I think is best and what I want to do kind of trying to hide and be independent Um, but to walk in the light with the Lord and therefore with you so that you can do what you're called to do (laughs) so it was it was just really good but what about you like you mentioned how you too I guess in an interesting way it just jumped out at you about this submission to Christ and like what he's doing So was there a specific thing that you kind of felt like, you know what, I don't need to resist this anymore. I trust you. I see that this is your loving, cherishing of me and nourishment, my sanctification. Uh, No, there's not a specific thing, but I think think maybe there's just an overall pattern. I've got a good friend who has been posting a lot about just – how we need to be close to Christ, just drawing near to Him. And, uh, you know, my personality, I'm a kind of like an achiever type where I get rest out of doing projects. If I get some time to rest, I just want to work on something. So I think that uh, when I do that too much, like if I'm stressed out or I'm trying to make up for not being right with the Lord, It'll just be like this sort of like project, project, project kind of mentality rather than making sure like you talked about our mornings, like taking time to be still, 
before the Lord and to listen to Him. And really thinking back on this passages had me thinking when I first got married, when we first got married, um, you know, I was just studying you more um, and really trying to understand with the Lord, like how to lead you and how to lead our family. And my time is different now because of kids, but it's just something that I feel like the call of Christ is just come, come closer, Adam, you know, spend more time coming closer listening. I think that's just the application is um, that I really want to draw nearer to Christ so that I can be in closer submission to Him, especially, you know, as just life doesn't get easier and it doesn't get simpler. It just gets you know? more complex and more interesting, you know, as it goes on. So, but that in, a, mm-hmm. in addition, I think it's also just bless. It's just, there's a thankfulness in my heart as I see Christ's pursuit of us and his sanctification of us as his cherishing, nourishing love. Well, let me just say too, that there's a thankfulness in my heart in the way that you mirror that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Well, we are coming up on the end of our time. So would you mind praying for us? Uh, Lord, we thank you for hearing our prayers. And we thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us your example. And thank you that the more we get to know you, the better we find you to be. Help us to submit to one another. Help us to submit to you. Help us to submit to the authorities that you have placed in our lives. And draw us close to you. Every step we take, we pray that you would take 10 more towards us, that we would be near to you and walking in step with you through this life, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love Adam's observation on the love our Lord Jesus has for his body. Because he loves us, it's impossible for him not to care for us. Because he cherishes us, it's impossible for him not to sanctify us. This passage is here for our sanctification. How did it challenge you today? This passage teaches us that we submit to our Savior King in everything. So, in what ways are you struggling to submit to Christ? If you're married, how is Christ challenging you to intentionally submit to your husband? And lastly, how does your response to this mirror your response to God in general? We are nearing the end of our season with only three more episodes to go. Thank you so much for sticking with me. I've been so blessed by these conversations and by the encouragement that I've received from you. I'm planning for season three, and I want to ask you something. Would you consider becoming a patron of the podcast? One dollar a month would help my husband and I continue to produce quality work. Learn more at the link in the show notes. Till next time, grace to you and shalom from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a blessed week. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in the believer's ear.